Yes, You're Wrong, the podcast where we talk trash about the things people love to hate and hate to love. And I am Matt. Shelby is still gone, but we have an extra special guest this week back for the third time, I think, on the podcast. It's Sierra Velarde. Hello. Welcome. Hello. I'm so happy to be back again, completing the trilogy. Yes. And you're not talking about books this time, which I think the last two times we've had you on to talk about that. Yes, I do things other than read, surprisingly. (laughs) (laughs) How have you been? I feel like the last time we talked, it was right at the beginning of COVID. We were probably Mm -hmm. all still like, we're going to be free by June, um, which was did not uh, happen. So (laughs) how have you been? I've been good. Um, My boyfriend and I moved full time to Connecticut. And as you know, I've been living the best Gilmore Girls life that I can, you know, like trying to soak in as much hiking and nature as I can. Um, I'm hoping to move back to New York when things are a little better, but I've seen you since then. We've gotten brunch. Yes. Um, Probably won't see you for a while because (laughs) you're in Florida for forever and New York is just, we're entering a long, deep winter, but it's been, it's been pretty good the past couple months, but um, I'm a little nervous for the next couple months in the Northeast. Yes, I feel you. The, we got lucky, I feel like, that COVID came in March and not, like, earlier because it was sort of, like, the tail end of winter when it happened. Oh, but going through a full COVID winter where where it's spiking and people are traveling for the holidays and it's, like, supposed, like there's this vaccine, but, like, no one's going to have it. But I feel like people are going to be living like they have it. It's just going to be a disaster. But, yeah, I just watched The Shining around Halloween and I was like, this is going to be, <laughs> this is going to be winter. Like, this is it. That's you going That's, crazy, yeah, the crazy writer, uh, you know, locked up in some <laughs> cabin someplace trying to yeah, kill Dan with an axe. It's fine. There's no murderous <laughs> child, but it's okay. <laughs> that you know of yet. Yes, right. <laughs> well, we talked about, uh, we just dropped the episode, the special episode with Shelby about Taylor Swift's new album, but yes. you are a big Taylor Swift fan. You and I. Oh, yes. For whatever reason, we got like brunch when Lover came out and then we're like wandering around till we went to Cornelia Street and then we went and saw the crazy lines for the people like buying merch at whatever that. Yeah, it was like the pop up. I wanted to go to that and I was like, I saw the lines around like the block and I was like, there's just I love her, but there's limits even to my love, you know. (laughs) So what did you think of the new album? Do you have thoughts, hot takes? So the first time I listened to it, like I stayed up till midnight to listen to it. I watched the music video. I listened to the whole thing and I liked it, but I just didn't know if it stood up to what I thought folklore was like. And I have listened to it about like four or five times through since. And I do like it much more than you three liked it. <laughs> I was shocked. I was just shocked at all the, the hot takes of how much you guys just like weren't feeling it. But I think it's something that like, you it's an album you need to listen to a couple times and kind of like really appreciate the lyrics. Um, but I was also, I agree with you that I was pissed that Haim didn't get more time. Because we actually, yes. we went to the same Haim concert. Yes, we, didn't go together, we did. Mm-hmm. But we were there. That was like the best concert. One of the uh, best concerts of my life. And Lizzo. It was Hyde oh and Lizzo. God. That was, mm. and I remember that was right before she got like really, really big. Yes. And I was just like, oh my God, Lizzo, this is amazing. And then like, you don't think Lizzo and Hyde were good together, but that concert was just like the perfect marriage of music that I love at one thing. But yeah, I, 
loved Nobody No Crime on the album, but I was like, where's time? And she does this all the time with women artists that she has on, but it's still a good song. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was as shocked as anyone. I was, I was getting ready for the podcast prepared to be in a brawl fighting Shelby and <laughs> Ashley because they loved it so much. And then when they came on and just kept like crapping on track after track, I was like, I am not having to do any of the work here. You guys are doing this for me. So I feel like a reckoning is coming with their fan group. Somebody is going to get dragged on Twitter, I think. But hopefully it's not me. It'll be interesting. And then Shelby will just be like, sorry, I have a child. I'm going to turn Twitter off. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah, yeah. She's yeah. Uh, she's off doing her own thing. Yeah. Well, no, but I really liked Champagne Problems, Gold Rush, and then I cried at Marjorie. I loved so. Marjorie. That's such a so good song. Cool. Such a it's, good song. I, and then I was watching the lyric videos so I could like really absorb the lyrics. And she has like footage of her grandmother when she was growing up. And so I was just full on bawling by the end of that. But oh, I haven't even seen that. But that one's good. Yeah. If I need a good cry. Uh, my, <laughs> the thing that I watch that makes me cry all the time is, well, not all the time, but every year. I don't know if you've watched these. Like Google releases the like year in search videos. Yes. And... They're always, like, set to inspirational music, have, like, things from the year, like, weird trends and just, like, all these inspiring moments. And every year they play them in movie theaters, like, at the end of, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. like, the end of December. And I'm always stuck in a movie theater. I know. Not this year, (laughs) thank goodness. But, like, I'm always stuck in a movie theater with my family, you know, getting ready to watch, like, The Grinch or some random crap. And then they play this thing and I'm, like, over there trying, like, not to just bawl my eyes out. So... Yeah, In no, lieu I've... of that this year, I'll just watch the Marjorie lyric video, I guess. <laughs> yeah. No, I saw the the year-end Google video when you shared it on uh, Instagram, and I also cried because I was like, oh, great. Yes. I don't – this year. <laughs> mm-hmm. I need 2021 to be, like, really great so that the that the year-end video can be, like, really empowering. That's what I'm looking for. And, like, for happy tears. You're like, yes. wow, look at the year we've had. Yes, exactly. Uh, well, let's get into the news of the week. Let's uh, do it. A story that I wanted to talk about, which is truly about 50 stories in one, is the <laughs> Disney investor meeting happened. And that may sound dull, but basically that just means that Disney for a couple of hours announced all of the new projects that they're going to be working on for the next couple of years. And it was like just hundreds of shows and yeah. movies and uh, animated series things for disney plus things for hulu things for fx marvel star wars pixar just all kinds of things and i think that sort of the general consensus was or at least based on the things that i saw on twitter was like this is too much and basically disney has stopped making original programming and is now just taking any property they have and like squeezing the living daylights out of it with all of these like spin-off series and a prequel and a remake and a live action yeah. version did you uh happen to look over these lists like were there things that stuck out to you as like especially egregious or things that you were really excited about there was like you said just so much news i'm like is this the next programming for the next 20 years like am i gonna be in retirement by the time these things come out um but i just thought they um i agree with what you said that it was just a lot of recycling ideas and i i can't even remember like a new original idea like i'm looking for like an inside out or like something that's completely original for them to announce but the things that were excited about like I liked they announced 
a Tiana and a Moana series because I think theirs are like very beloved princesses that they've used like nothing of like in Princess mm-hmm. and the Frog Tiana they're like oh it's the first black princess and she's a frog for like 80% of the movie so mm-hmm. hopefully she'll be a human in this um, and then it made me laugh that they announced a quote female centric um, Star Wars series which I was just like okay like everyone else got their like obi-wan kenobi series and like all this other stuff and they're just like okay we're like we'll we'll create some females for this series we'll announce them later you know the star wars stuff is wild to me because i feel like a year ago or two years ago whenever it was that um that solo came out Mm -hmm. and it came out only like six months after i think what was it last jedi and everyone's like star wars fatigue too much star wars we hate star wars like this is we need a break this is too much and let me just run down the list of things that they have announced <laughs> that star Please, wars related I properties forgot all of it already yes so there are going to be two mandalorian universe spin-off shows uh so they're like two could Yes, two. One called Rangers of the New Republic and one called Ahsoka, which is based on the Ooh, that's gonna be good. The Jedi f- played by Rosario Dawson that was in mm-hmm. this. So that's like three series that are going to be connected to each other. There's a Rogue One series spinoff that's like a prequel. There's the Obi-Wan Didn't they all Kenobi. Did die in that one? Well, I guess that's why it's a prequel. Oh, prequel. Yeah, sorry. I forgot the definition of prequel. <laughs> yeah. And ha- so the prequels happen before and then sequels yeah, happen yeah, after. Yes. <laughs> uh, then Hayden Christensen is returning with Ewan McGregor for this Obi-Wan Kenobi show that's going to take place 10 years after Revenge of the Sith. We have four new animated Star Wars series that are coming out, including something that's like a Lando Calrissian spinoff. We have a mystery thriller set in the Star Wars universe on the planet of Curazant. We have a Taika Waititi directed film. And then they also announced that Patty Jenkins, who is the director of Wonder Woman, is also getting a Star Wars film. So that's that's just a lot of Star Wars. And I think a yes. lot of it is going straight to Disney Plus, And also a lot of it is going to be like connecting with each other. The same thing is happening with the Marvel things where it's like the movies and the TV shows are connected. And I just feel like as someone who is a Star Wars fan, but not necessarily like an obsessive fan, this just feels like a lot to me. Like there's no way I'm going to be able to keep up with all of this. I'm and then I'm going to get you. behind and then I'm going to miss things. It's just, I'm not... Yeah. Like I, I don't know if you watch The Mandalorian every week, but like I, yes, I, yeah, I'm caught up. I love it. I think it's fun. It's kind of like a adventure of the week thing, but there's mm-hmm. obviously like the um, overlying plot that they have going on. But it's fun to just see a lot of these like just really high quality television, but it is just kind of like a western in space, which is what kind of like Star Wars was originally meant to be. Um. But yeah, it's like I like that it is compact and it's 30 minutes and there's only what like 8 9 episodes in a, se- in a season. Like I feel like I'm going to just completely fall behind on all this lore. And even in the season of The Mandalorian, like I know who like Ashoka was, but there are some people that I would go on Twitter after the, an episode of The Mandalorian, they're like, "Oh my god, that one guy, he's in it from like the Rebels animated series." And I was like, "Well, I didn't see that." And so I already feel a little behind on all the Star Wars lore. Yeah, one hundred percent. It's like in uh, what was the last friggin' Star Wars movie? The ninth one that was terrible. Oh, the that, bad one. Um, uh, the yes, Rise of Star- uh, Skywalker. Yes, Rise of Skywalker. 
in that scene where it's like uh, you hear all the voices of the different Jedi and yes. they're like a bunch of these are from the animated universe. It's like I'm not going to go friggin' watch some weird no. Nickelodeon animated show. Like I do not have the time no. for this. And there's like seven seasons, whatever. I'm sure it's great, but I'm not watching it. And I don't want to have to feel like when I go see a Star Wars movie that's in theaters that I'm missing out if I haven't watched, you know, 15 of these weird Disney Plus shows that they're going to have rolling out. It's just too, it's just too much. No, thank you. I also saw though that the Kardashians are moving to Hulu. This was also announced. Do you have any thoughts yes. or insights on this? My thoughts are that I thought they were done with it all. I I saw that it was announced that they were moving to Hulu and I'm just I was I'm confused on whether it's like they're doing original programming or if it's just keeping up with the Kardashians and now we're on Hulu because I thought everyone's like Kylie is sick of it all, Courtney's sick of it all. She like doesn't she hates being doing work basically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Kim wants to get out of the like the day-to-day reality because of Kanye being a crazy I don't I shouldn't say crazy. He's he's going through some things. Um mm-hmm. So I'm just, but I should have known better that, of course, they were not going to give up the opportunity to have this um, place to promote all the products that they have. Because that's been like the through line through all their careers, you know, like they have all these products. Kylie has her lip line. Kim has all of her um, products and her and um, Rob has his socks. Yeah. Chloe has her jeans. Uh, Courtney has poosh. Um, Yes. So, but the through line of that is like the the show has always been kind of like their um their like their flagship, their cornerstone of their brand to be able to promote that. So I was shocked when they were like that Chris allowed them to not be able to shoot the show. So I should have known better. Was my thought on it? Yeah, I, I'm also a little unclear if it's the standard Keeping Up with the Kardashians or if it's some other kind of programming that they have. But then I was thinking like, what else would it be? I mean, I guess. Well, maybe they could like host a reality show or something, but like yeah. they're not actors, so it's not like they're going to be doing that. Uh, like, yeah. what else is I there? Like they could maybe I mean, voice like... a National Geographic film or something. I don't know. <laughs> um, well, like, Chloe does that like revenge body show on E, so I don't know if it'd be like original programming like that, like lifestyle stuff. I have no idea, but again, I just like, of course, their brand is, is continuing on. Um, but it's crazy that they're like abandoning E, who's been with, who like made them famous, you know? Yeah, they want that that big Disney money. Anything else from the Disney press conference, or do you have a different story that you'd like to talk about? Um, I think that's you covered everything. And honestly, I can't remember anything more from Disney because it all just kind of went one in and one ear and out the other. So, oh, I did not, I did not get close to covering everything. There, I could I could be on here another six years and not cover all the stuff that was announced on that. But Honestly. yes, moving um, on. Moving on. Um, in very, very disturbing news. I don't know if you saw um, the live musical of The Grinch that came on mm. with uh, Matthew Morrison playing The Grinch. But it was, I only saw about 15 minutes of it in the beginning. I think he came on around like nine or 10 minutes in and it was truly cursed if i was terrified of it all i did not watch it i saw that it was happening or like the lead up to it i i read whatever the article was that said that he was basing his version of the grinch off of the joaquin phoenix's joker 
I saw the makeup and I was just like, this is, looks like a disaster. Also, what? I think it was on network television. When was the last time I watched that? So I did not watch, but bless you for watching 15 minutes of it. It was only 15 minutes and I had to turn it off. Um, And I'm glad I did because everything I read on Twitter was just like, what am I watching? And then I saw that a lot of his performance was super sexual. Like there was a lot of like grunts and like hip thrusts (laughs) that were going on. And I was just like, I'm just so happy that I saved my eyes from that. Um, But it's kind of a shame to see too, like the live musicals, which relates to what we're talking about today. But I loved uh, the live musical that they did for Greece. I thought that was good. I liked the uh, complete um, disaster rent was they had to do with the guy in the wheelchair. Um, Mm -hmm. But seeing even just 15 minutes of this, I was just like, this is, this is not good anymore. It's they've lost a medium. What was the first one? Was it sound of music that they did first? It was Peter Pan maybe. Uh, Oh, or maybe whatever the, those are the the first one. I remember it being like, oh, this was a big deal because it was going to be live yeah. and it like went better than they thought. And so then they just like booked out a, a ton of these because they've done Hairspray. They did The Wiz. I feel like they've done all kinds of stuff. But I, I one, I'm sort of confused as to who the audience is because aside from apparently you, I don't think I know anyone who's watched any of these. And also I feel like everything I hear about them is that they're kind of like a shit show. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a large portion of the country that just, like, has network television on at all times that we, we don't mm-hmm. know about, you know? Like, I think because, like, why else is The Masked Singer the most watched television show in the yes. country, you know? Um, so I think it's just people who just, like, have it on always. Um, like, just have it on after Jeopardy. And they're like, oh, what is this? Um, but they're just not the, – the quality isn't there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it doesn't – it doesn't really give you the full like Broadway sensation, but then it's also not a movie because it's live. So it's sort of like this weird half amalgamation thing that's somewhere in the middle. And because they're trying to get big name celebrities, I feel like whoever is the lead usually has like less talent than the people who are the mm, supporting yes. characters. It's uh, Was anybody else famous in The Grinch? Couldn't tell you. <laughs> I don't know. No, I don't know. <laughs> What are the other characters are there? I mean, Cindy Lou Who, the dog. Did you watch the uh, the animated Grinch last uh, that came out last Christmas or the Christmas before? Um, Not like the classic the one, of, right? No, like the computer generated one. Oh, I think no. Benedict Cumberbatch was in I it because there was you? a very cute like yak in that that was a oh. I think a, a new character, but don't know if he made it into the live no, action. I've only seen the classic animated one that I love. It's like an, it's short too. Yes. And then mm-hmm. the Jim Carrey one is, it's fine. It's like kind of disturbing to me, but it's fine. Some people ride or die for that one, but I did not watch it as a child. I think my parents just weren't into it. So we never really saw it. And then I saw it as an adult and was kind of like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm not gonna, you know, beat down the doors to w- watch that every year i'll watch home alone or the santa claus or whatever else what's your like go-to christmas movie uh i love the holiday um it's just the cozy vibes are great but my favorite christmas movie 
um, is Last Holiday with Queen Latifah, which is... I love Last Holiday. <laughs> it is a perfect movie. It is so good. I cry every time I watch it, even though it's not that sad of a movie. It's so good. I want to go to that hotel that she goes to. Like, I, it's so... The Grand Hotel Poop. The Poop. <laughs> yes. She's like, that's really how you pronounce it, huh? Um, that movie is perfect every year, and it's it's very underappreciated. Oh my gosh, yes, one hundred percent. That's one of those movies that I feel like my family watches, and then uh, uh, I reference it to other people, and it's like you get blank stares. I no, go, it's either you love it. My or you've gift never heard for of you: it. the colon irrigation treatment. And somebody is like, "I don't know what you're talking about." I'm like, "This is an iconic line." <laughs> From a great Christmas film that you should have watched every year for the past, I don't know, 15 years since it's been out. Mm. Has it been that long? Holy crap. Probably. I mean, I bet You're I probably it right. came out like while I, when I was in. It definitely came out before I graduated high school. And that was 10 years ago. So. Yeah. Wow. We're old. Yeah. That's um, a classic. But speaking of musicals, let's get into what we are here to talk about today, which is the prom. The Ryan Murphy Netflix film that just dropped, which I feel like people do not know this. It was based on a Broadway musical Mm -hmm. that you and I happened to see together back in the wonderful days of live theater pre-COVID. Yes. Um, Yeah, Matt and I would go to, we went to a couple of shows together. Like, I think you were one of my Broadway watching buddies um, back Mm -hmm. when, the glorious days when we could pack ourselves into a room with a thousand of our closest friends and and watch people sing and dance on stage. Um, yes. What? Well, the days. We like got um, tacos, and then we went to see it. Uh, yes. Oh, it was so good. What I so? What were your thoughts about it when we saw it back then? Yeah, I was trying to think about this because I feel like my attitude toward this musical has slowly been tainted by the fact that I knew that James Corden was coming down the pike. Uh, <laughs> Your best friend. In this. Yes, who I famously do not enjoy. And, <laughs> who does? Uh, and so like between him and Ryan Murphy, I just feel like I knew that this movie I was not going to love as much. And so maybe that's like part of the reason why the musical has like soured a bit in my mind because I feel like I sort of have meh feelings about it, but I don't ever feel like when I see a Broadway show and I'm leaving the show, I have meh feelings about it. I think they're all great, especially musicals, which are always so fun. And I remember mm-hmm. loving the actress, uh, Beth Level, who plays like the main woman who plays yes. the Meryl Street part. I thought she She's was great. great. So I don't know. I remember liking it when I saw it, but I will also say that I never listened to the soundtrack again. Like I... I never downloaded on Spotify for whatever reason. It just like was gone from my mind. So when I was watching the movie version, I was like, oh, yes, I remember these songs. Like these are fun. But they weren't things that I had like stuck with me. I don't know. How did you feel about the Broadway version? I think I'm the same with you. Like I when I was watching it, I was like, is this a new song? Like, I don't remember this from actually watching it because I hadn't listened to it after we had watched it. What, like a year and a half ago. Um, But I remember that the jokes landed pretty like really well on stage because it's such like a insular like tongue-in-cheek story because it's about Mm -hmm. four washed up broadway stars like wink wink like we're on broadway now so i feel like those jokes landed really well and i remember just like i remember the last number was very fun um and i do i also remember that they performed i think they performed the last number on the amazing thanksgiving day parade and they actually had the lesbian couple kiss on national television on Thanksgiving. And I really liked that. So for that, 
I support this musical. But like you said, when I heard Ryan Murphy was doing this, um, I was, I'm, I don't know how you feel at Ryan Murphy, but I think we probably feel the same way. I loved Ryan Murphy and like, I loved Glee, the beginning seasons of Glee. I loved a couple seasons of American Horror Story. I loved the OJ American Crime Story and everything else that he's done since is just way too over the top. And just, it's just too much. And so I always am wary when I see a new Ryan Murphy project. I feel uh, the same way that I feel about Shonda Rhimes as I feel about Ryan Murphy in that they like have, they're clearly very intelligent people who are very creative and have like these crazy fun ideas, but Mm -hmm. then the ideas like get away from them at a certain point. It's like with Glee, I feel like the first like 13 episodes of Glee was like masterful television. And then it very quickly like wandered off into the woods and did not come back. And, uh, yeah, the shows are so hit and miss where you have things like I loved Scream Queens. Oh, I yes, loved, I forgot about Scream Queens. That was so I cool. loved the American Crime Story, both of those se- seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you have like The Politician. I, hated I, that. I hated really, it. in a move of self-loathing for myself, watched Hollywood on Netflix earlier Ooh. this year. And it had to be one of the worst television series as I have ever ever seen in my life didn't it get nominated for emmys too yes it did which was baffling baffling it was so bad oh and netflix i think just like they signed a deal with him so he has a lot of money he can sort of buy whatever but i was sort of surprised that he picked up this musical so quickly Uh, i feel like that they announced that they were making this into a movie like uh, fairly shortly after we had seen it and mm-hmm. even at that point i remember thinking like oh that's weird because the prom like isn't that big of a show like i don't yeah i think we got tickets to it like that weren't that expensive it didn't really seem like it was a hot commodity on broadway well it i remember last that long either yeah and it got like shut down i i don't i looked and it was nominated for a bunch of tonys but it didn't win any tonys hmm. um one of our friends, I remember seeing it like multiple times, like back to back days or whatever. And so you know that the tickets aren't hard to get. Right? If that's yeah, that's the option. <laughs> um, yeah, it was something that it's like, it's not like you're picking up like Wicked or something that's been around forever and has such a following. Um, but yeah, I was shocked that this was the one that he scooped up. And it's the first one he's directed in a long time, too. Yeah, he has not directed a movie since E Pray Love, which uh, did you see that? I never saw that. E Pray Love? Yes. Are you kidding me? No. What? That just doesn't seem like the last. That's the last film he directed, which is so weird. I'm flabbergasted right now. Wow. No, that's crazy. I, yes, I did see it. It was fine. It's a fine movie. Yeah, yeah, that that's what I, that's the takeaway I remember. I liked the eat uh, part of that having. movie. That was, that was the only part I liked. I, liked I remember Julia reading. I that was back when I was in high school. I think that that came out, and I would read Entertainment Weekly every week, like cover to cover, because I lived in the middle <laughs> of nowhere and we didn't have internet, so it was like that was Culture. the only way I was getting entertainment uh, news. <laughs> yeah. And uh, her saying that, like, at a certain point, they realized that she hadn't like ate enough in. Like oh, they yeah. were, it was eat, pray, love, but she hadn't ate enough. And so then they were like, okay, we need to go back and film all of these scenes of you just eating food. And then she gained a bunch of weight because for just like several weeks, they were just filming like eating scenes of her. 
which is a you know, a I'm sure would be miserable if you were doing it, but it sounds lovely to me. Oh, I know. That's like I to just be able to eat Italian food all day every day and get paid for it and like sure, I'd gain weight, but it'd be worth it. <laughs> The other thing I thought was surprising about this is not only that Ryan Murphy picked it up and decided to make it in a movie, but also that how many big stars were attached to it right oh, yes. away. Like Meryl Streep, James Corden, uh, Nicole Kidman, Carrie Washington, like these people who you have to imagine are highly sought after and also sort of aren't in the Ryan Murphy stable of actors necessarily. Mm-hmm. So it's not like he's pulling, it's not like it's like, oh, it's Sarah Paulson and Finn Whitrock and mm-hmm. Matt Bomber. It's like these are people who are actual celebrities who are like bigger than usual Ryan Murphy shows. So what do you, like, do you have any idea sort of like what was appealing to them about this? Like, was it just Netflix money or It must like have been what? like a Netflix money. And I do like that it's, it does have a good message at the heart of it. So they're like, okay, mm-hmm. like this is something that I would like, but I was a little confused a lot of the act of the casting choices. Like, of course they're going to pick Meryl Streep for an, a middle-aged to a little bit older middle-aged musical role. Like that everyone does that. She just gets that role. And I just am confused why they keep casting James Corden as a gay man when he just completely is not, he just is he his role was very offensive to me in the beginning of this um musical did he has he played a gay person before or was or i think he has let me i don't know i was watching it and um when i was when i was watching with my family and my boyfriend and i was just like i don't know why they cast him as a gay man when he is just not gay and my boyfriend was like wait james corden isn't gay and i was like no he's not so yeah, I, I was uh, when I mean, I am a long time person who's been annoyed with James Corden just because I feel like he's he's everywhere. He's like shoving himself into everything. I mean, yes, uh, like any role he can possibly get from Cats to Into the Woods to uh, when he was in Oceans um, 13 or eight. Eight. Ocean's Eight. Oh, I forgot he was uh, in that. Like, he's just everywhere. The carpool karaoke. It's just, like, so much. It's just, like, too much James Corden. He's so, mm-hmm. uh, like, just excited to be in anything and to just remind everyone that he actually can sing. It's, like, any opportunity that he can be like, and guys, I can also sing. He shows up. I feel like the he doesn't fit this role in so many different ways because yes. it's, like, in the in the Broadway show, one he's a gay person and there that's a huge plot line. And I honestly had forgotten yes. how big of a plot point it was until I was watching this. And I was like, Oh my gosh. Like he's sort of, he's like the mentor for the uh, girl. Well, I guess we should probably tell what the plot is. <laughs> yes. So the general plot of the prom is that this group of Broadway elites are getting bad press. They decide, well, we need some kind of like social justice cause that we can get behind, get some good press so that we can restart our career. Somewhere in, I don't know, what state are they in? Indiana. 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 Edgewater, uh, Indiana. Yes. There is a lesbian high school girl who wants to go to prom, but her like conservative school district says, no, she can't. Or they're, they're canceling prom altogether because they don't want her to go. And so anyways, Meryl Streep and James Corden and these Broadway people descend upon the town and 
try to get the prom reinstated and in the process, like learn to be better people. And then the town learns to be better people. And everybody at the end, like throws this big inclusive prom for everybody. And it's so exciting. Like, yay, hurrah. But anyways, James Corden's whole character arc is like, he's the, he's the like older gay mentor for this lesbian girl in high school and there's so many scenes about that and then i've had forgotten about how there's this whole plot line of how he came out to his parents yeah it's just so much which mirrors like what happened to her character like they both got kicked out by their parents and it's like Mm -hmm. is he the person we need to be portraying this character you know and i think he was going for kind of like a like cam for modern family, you know, like kind of like that yes. over the top, but which worked in 2007, you know, but we've mm-hmm. come a long way since then. Um, yeah, it didn't, it just didn't work for me at all. And also I feel like in the Broadway show, both him and the Meryl Streep character are supposed to be like these older washed up kind of Broadway actors yeah. who are doing these like uh, sort of, macabre like serious roles like trying to get tonys with that are just bad mm-hmm. and in this like james corden is so much younger than meryl streep that it's like the dynamic mm-hmm. is also weird and sort of thrown off in a way i feel like the only reason why they cast james corden well is because one james corden has a google alert that anytime anyone's casting for a musical he just like appears but also that the like body type of the man who played this character in the Broadway show is similar to James Corden, but like that was not a, yeah, like that's not helpful or necessary to the plot at all. No, so I don't know. I was just, I mean, I I guess I'll give that. He does slightly resemble the guy who played um, the main, the main guy in the Broadway show, but like who is watching this Netflix show and has any idea who originally portrayed these characters? Like they can kind of start from scratch um, with how these characters look or correct upon or like improve upon how they were portrayed and so it's like just because he kind of like looked like the, the main character that they cast on the broadway uh production doesn't mean that they're like oh james corden it's the only the only choice we can have you know yeah i mean i guess they were looking for you know star potential like james corden is a big name so and has a big audience base so people will be excited to see him i guess but i don't know anyone that's like james corden venture i must see that you know like meryl streep has that but yeah nicole kidman uh but i thought was the best cast person in the musical what did you think about Nicole Kidman. I yes, I loved Nicole Kidman. I love Nicole Kidman in general. I think she's oh, yes. great. She's very the fun in this. I have not watched The Undoing yet, but oh. it's on my list. I'm very it's, excited. It's a good binge. It's not the best thing you'll ever see, but it is very addicting. She is very into these sort of like domestic suspense TV shows because she does because- it so well. She just does it so well. In the Disney investor meeting drop, they announced that she is going to be in Nine Perfect Strangers, which is another yes, Leanne Moriarty that. one with uh, Melissa McCarthy, that they're both in that. And I th- is that a similar vibe, oh, yeah. I'm assuming? Oh, yeah. It's 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 very similar vibe to Big Little Lies. It's a much different plot. It's about like these nine people that go to like a wellness retreat that has... Mm-hmm much more sinister uh, motives than just wellness behind it. And so that just pretty much reads like something 
she would do just from the, the, the onset of that. But, um, but yeah, no, I, I always forget that Nicole Kidman can sing. I don't know why, because she was in Moulin Rouge. Um, she sings the, um, the theme song to the undoing when I like every time I listen to it, I'll be like, wait, like I know that voice. And then figured out was Nicole Kidman singing that. Um, but yeah, I just think she was so fun in this. She honestly didn't have that big of a role in this movie. Um, but I thought she was super fun in her one. big. Yeah. I feel like in the Broadway show, this sort of like group of four actors who are the Meryl Streep, James Corden, Nicole Kidman, and then the Andrew Rannells character are sort of like all moving around as a group. And in this, they like sort of split them off more, I think, probably because they couldn't get them all shooting in the same day. (laughs) Yeah. Nicole Kidman was good, but I will say something very funky was going on in her like big song she sings this like bob fossey sort of like dance number song and the shooting on that was very weird there was lots of like cropped like below the neck shots and but the choreography wasn't that intense so i was really confused as to like what was going on there like if she couldn't dance or if there was something with like the shooting schedule or they couldn't use footage or what was happening because it was a very weird number if you go back and look at it yeah and I remember when we saw it on Broadway it's like you have the whole stage to work with and it was a very I feel like it was a more dancey number um Mm -hmm. on stage but yeah I didn't catch that when I watched it but I will go back and watch it and see if that yeah I do remember it though like there was a lot of like tight headshots and not like full body shots and also I guess they were like filming in a house set so there must have been some limitations in that but also whoever picked out her hats for this should be taken out back and shot honestly those were the most hideous things I've ever seen (laughs) she always had a hat I don't know why always it must be a Ryan Murphy thing like he's obsessed with those weird scarves he wears I feel like he I don't know um, what did you think about Carrie Washington's character? Because I feel like she she plays the sort of like evil bigoted PTA member, and Carrie Washington's a big name. I was sort of surprised, like why she would show up for this. It didn't involve very much singing. She played a horrible person. Like what? Yes. How did she, how okay. did she get involved? I wrote a lot of notes about this because I was so confused by this. I she's such a big name like you said and I remember like that role not being huge on the Broadway production either and it was just such a a mean person that she was playing and I think I was like that role could have been more fun if she did it kind of like Laura Dern and Big Little Lies like Renata style Mm -hmm. but it was just very mean like I got she was giving off the vibes that she would give in, in Scandal and like having like her hard ass attitude but she was just being like homophobic the whole time so I just don't know why she saw this role and was like yes I want to play like a homophobic PTA um president you know yeah it it didn't work for me at all it wasn't a big (laughs) role I I just and also again I don't think she's one of these Ryan Murphy sort of people like can you think of anything that she's been in that he's been involved with I don't think no so and I think too anytime I think of Carrie Washington she is someone who like I can't think of anything she's played where she's been a villain. Like she's always the hero of it or like a complicated protagonist. Like the last thing I saw her in was little fires everywhere, which like, obviously she was 
had a very complicated role, but like you did root mm-hmm. for her. So it's just a complete change of roles that she usually goes for. And yeah, like, I don't know why Ryan Murphy would go to her for this as his like, like, oh, like I, this role, Carrie Washington must play this, you know? The only thing I could think of is maybe like Carrie Washington saw this musical and really liked it and was like, maybe. I'm not actually that good of a singer. So like, can you give me the one role in this that doesn't involve singing? But even still, that seems like a stretch. I, I will say, though, that the dress she wears at the end of the prom is the most gorgeous thing I've ever oh, seen. Oh, it's so gorgeous. There must have been. I also wrote that um, they must have got a really great deal on sequins and glitter because mm-hmm. every single person is wearing the most sequins I've ever seen in my life, which I loved. Yes, the costumes are very, aside from Nicole Kidman's hats, are very <laughs> good. And uh, James Corden had a uh, purse the whole time that like a crossbody little uh, purse that I was I was a little confused about. That he, I think yeah. he only ever had like his phone in. I was like, don't you have pockets? Um, alas. It was also very like uh, mom touring Spain for the first time, terrified she's yes. going to get robbed. Like that was the vibe of <laughs> like the Like you purse. wear over your neck. Yeah. And you yes. It for like $5 on like Canal Street, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It wasn't like it was a so glitzy good. purse for whatever he was doing. Um. What did you think about the girl Joellen Pellman who played the the main uh, girl, the lesbian who goes to prom? Because I feel like in the Broadway version, they had also cast a newcomer and she got a lot of praise. And I okay. honestly thought that this girl sort of like was better than the Broadway girl and also stole the show away from a lot of these bigger stars. 100%. I thought she was like a ray of sunshine in this very colorful mm-hmm. musical. And yet she's still like brought even more just like joy and light to it every time she would like get on screen and she would like smile I was just taken by her I thought she was so good she can sing so well and I was shocked that like she hasn't really been in anything before this um I think she is going to be a big star after this I hope so at least I really really liked her she was really good it's also nice when they cast someone based on like talent and not based yes. on star power because everyone else is like a middling level singer. And then this girl clearly has been like well-trained. So she's yes. just blowing everyone out of the water. How do you feel about the Meryl Streep of it all? And just her, her like being now this musical star person. I I mean, both Mama Mia's are some of my favorite works mm-hmm. of art I've ever seen in my life. Um, but I just don't know if she's always the best choice to be like, like I said earlier, like a middle-aged singer in a musical, you know? Um, and I kind of think she, like the character itself is kind of like this like big belter and she's like a very huge Broadway star. And I feel weird saying Meryl Streep doesn't exactly have the singing chops to get up there, believably. But um, I don't think she's the best singer in the world. What do you think? Yeah, she can sort of like you know carry a tune and i think she does better at at things like mama mia where she can sort of yes it's a jukebox mu- musical you know yeah. like, you're gonna sing along no matter what but it's this it's like original songs you have to believe she has two tonys you know and so it's like i and of course like i thought she was fine and i i love meryl streep and anything she does but um it just seemed like of course you're casting meryl in this you know mm-hmm 
Yeah, I think that they also like uh, digitally souped up her voice a little bit because there was a couple of notes that she hit and I was like, "Mm, okay, (laughs) I'm not sure if I fully buy that you could do that, Meryl, in real life, but you know, kudos to you. She was fine on her own. The thing I really didn't like about her character was her relationship with the Keegan-Michael Key character. I thought they had zero chemistry throughout the entire thing. I did not believe it for one second. It was a very weird dynamic to to cast Keegan-Michael Key as sort of like this school principal who just loves Broadway and is going to sing about it and loves a Broadway star, which isn't really his vibe, I feel like. Yeah, and it's like, it's it's totally fine for like a, a principal from Indiana to like love Broadway musicals, but I just wouldn't picture him being that guy, you know? Yeah, and then and then to also then fall in love with Meryl Streep, who is like twenty years older than him. Yes, which again, it was the age. It was the age. Like was we've so seen that relationship before, but it's like, what did they have in common really, other than he really likes her as a Broadway star? It was uh, there wasn't a lot of chemistry going for me. Yeah, and then I just feel like they they went from like, oh my god, I'm such a fan, I'm enamored with you, to okay, you're using this prom to give clout to yourself i hate you and then oh my god you're gonna sing to me for three minutes now i love you again it was a very strange arc for their relationship something else i noticed watching this is i think when you see something on broadway or like on a staged version because there's all the singing and the dancing and whatever like the character shifts, which are highly unrealistic, somehow feel like less severe. But then mm-hmm. watching it in a movie where it's like you've seen lots of movies where people have like at, who are, you know, playing like actual real life type characters who are going through real life emotions. The like weird sort of like change on a dime swinging of thoughts that yes. happens in a musical like doesn't really work well it, this is was especially clear to me in the number where andrew rannells is singing with the like evil high school kids in the mall about yes. like what it is like to sort of like how you shouldn't be a, a bigot and it's like he sings this song and then at the end they're all like gay people yeah we they're can get great. behind this even though they've just spent the entire first half of the musical like bullying these poor girls. Yes. And I and I was like, I don't remember thinking that this was that crazy in the musical, but watching this, I'm like, this is ridiculous. I, I was like, you're seriously going to change um, someone who has been like bigoted and homophobic their entire lives in a four minute musical number in a mall. You know, I, I did not. I, I'm with you. I was like, this is not believable at all. And it completely t- takes you out of the um, the musical number. And also, like, the whole thing with a musical is that you're supposed to, like, suspend reality. And you're supposed to be fine with people singing, dancing in the middle of a mall when it's done correctly. Whereas this, I'm just like, you guys are trying way too hard to make a point. I also thought that that song wasn't very good. No, and yeah. While I was watching it, I was like, oh, yeah, I remember not liking this song in the original version either. But I'm shocked that they kept it in because that feels like it would have been such an easy song to prune. And I, I didn't go back and see, like, what they'd gotten rid of or what they kept. Me but it, I feel like that the musical version was longer than the movie version. So I know that they must have gotten rid of some stuff. And I'm like, this feels like it would have been the first thing on the list for me to just be like, nope, like a random side character sings at a mall with other side characters. Like we do not need this plot. And this song is not good. No. Well, I remember too, and watching it um, on Broadway, I didn't think that character was 
very necessary either. Like I, and I felt that in this too. Like I do, I love Andrew Reynolds as an actor and I was excited to see him get a role in this and like be acting alongside Nicole Kidman and Meryl Streep and James Corden. Um, but <laughs> I thought they could have cut that character and it would have, I wouldn't have made a difference really in the, the plot of the movie, but I guess they needed like four actors to go. And I guess three would have been kind of weird, but I don't know. Yeah. I feel like he could have gone and sort of just been like a sidekick or whatever. Like he did not need his full own plot because then also there's like the manager guy who I remember having more of a role in the Broadway show who in this, it's like every now and again, they just sort of like cut to him standing by something. Like he doesn't sing, he doesn't dance. He's just kind of there. Literally halfway through, I was like, who is that guy? Like, why is he standing next to everyone? (laughs) And then I was like, oh, it's, and then they're like, the five of us came here. I'm like, there's five of you? I, I thought there was four. And then I was like, oh, it's this strange manager guy who's lurking in the shadows. Yeah, I think in the Broadway show, he's like the ones putting together everything, but you don't get that in the movie. No, they did not explain that at all. (laughs) I'm trying to think if there's anything. What were there, like, what were the songs or the musical numbers that you felt like, oh, this was really good, like, this was well done? Or were there some that you hated? I don't remember the um, name of the song, but it's like they, they have the duet with, is her name Emma, the main character? Yes. Yes, Emma and her girlfriend when they're walking around and no one seems to be around (laughs) magically. And um, there's like the cherry blossoms that come out of nowhere in the middle of Indiana. Well, I thought that was insane. I did like that song. Um, And then I remember like the promposal being very fun on Broadway. And I really enjoyed all the dancing. And I feel like it was super cheesy and cut down on the movie. And then I loved the give him some zazz number i just i did i know you said it was like kind of weird weirdly shot but i thought it was a nice fun break Mm -hmm. and then um the finale was like it did feel the whole time i felt like i was kind of watching an after school special that was just like Uh a little more gay than usual (laughs) but Mm -hmm. i felt that the last number was very fun and did kind of live up to how over the top and fun a real Broadway show can be. So I did like that. But, and then like, there was a lot of snoozers in the middle. I felt like they were trying to be a little too earnest that I can't even remember what the names. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I, you want, I want like the big dance numbers. Like that's what I love. And there was a couple of those in here, but yes, there was, there was like a song that Keegan sang to Mer to Meryl. And I was like, yeah, we didn't, we did not need that. Uh, yeah, there's just some like sort of slower ballads. The wildest thing that happened in this version, which I do not know if you stuck around long enough to see this, but did you hear the track that played over the end credits where Meryl Streep has a rap verse in it? No. (laughs) Oh my gosh. This I was I was sitting there because like we turned it off it's immediately. Sort of, <laughs> it sort of like cuts off and then it comes back and it's like doing that thing where it's the cast members sort of and it's like them at the prom or whatnot and mm-hmm. they all have these like little superlative badges and it's like best dressed or best whatever. So I'm like sitting there watching that because I watched this with a I friend like that. while we were texting and so we were just texting and then at a certain point I sort of looked up and I was like what is happening? Wait. Is this is this Meryl Streep rapping? And then I like rewinded it, and then I looked it up online, and yes, so they like wrote her a rap verse for this oh, no. song that's not in the original that oh, just no. plays over the end credits, 
And it is the most ludicrous thing I have ever heard. So like everyone do yourself a favor and and go listen to this song. (laughs) That is. So they decided like, because I felt like the musical was pretty beat for beat for what it originally Mm -hmm. was. But they're like, you know what we need? We need Meryl to rap in this. And they just decided to put it in. I was thinking at some point, I was like, they have to do an original song in this because they want to angle for that spot in the, you know, Golden Globes or Oscars or whatever. This is true. And so this is the year, and, you know? Yes, yes. And especially this year where there's not much competition. So I was, but but also I couldn't remember what the songs from the actual musical were. So I was like, well, maybe this is a new one. Maybe this isn't. Like, I couldn't really tell. But then it got to that credit song and I heard like the cast singing, you know, like the good people in the cast singing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, this must be the one that they're like, you know, this is the Oscar song or the Golden Globe song. But then I got to this Meryl Street part and I was like, well, there's no way that they're going to like give an award to a song that has Meryl Streep rapping about the Obamas in the middle of it like no it was just it was just too much so oh my god i I will go watch this immediately after do you think that this has like any potential in the awards like do you think that anybody's getting a golden globe nomination for this like or or no well the last time i looked at i at rotten tomatoes i watched i looked it up right after i watched it and it had a much higher rating than i thought it was in like the 60s or the 70s which shocked me but I I can see it getting a Golden Globe nomination for the best comedy musical category because you know how there's just so many mm-hmm. more category or spots for nominations in that since they divide drama and comedy. I don't mm-hmm. think it'll be getting like an Oscar nomination for best picture at all. But I can see since now I know they have an original song like a, a squeeze into that category. But there mm-hmm. was no performance that was completely stand out to me. I mean, maybe production design. I thought the sets were gorgeous. like Or costumes, maybe? Yeah, costumes. But yeah, um, I can see yeah. maybe in those categories, but definitely no acting categories. Um, you don't want to give James Corden a, a Best Actor nomination for his wonderful portrayal of a gay man with a purse? Um, you know, I think I'll pass this year. It's, <laughs> I don't think this is year, his year, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh. Maybe his shame. next, uh, the next role that comes by that he just is front and center for. He's he's the first person in line to audition. Yes, when he's playing Elle Woods in Legally Blonde, the musical next year, oh we'll God. be uh, excited for that. You, I oh my God, I don't even want to think about that. If that were to happen, I could <laughs> we see it. joke, but we joke, but mm? it could happen. At the very least, he could do a full musical number at the Tonys next year uh, as that character. Is there anything else that you wanted to talk about with the movie or the performances or just like anything anything else in your notes about the prom that we haven't touched on yet? I think I was just going to ask you because I was, I was watching this and I am back home in Texas for the um, the holidays. Did it make you miss high school at all? Uh, that, is, that is an interesting question. <laughs> um, I would say no. I I. I <laughs> Now I'm actually wondering if I've ever told you this story or if I've told this story on the podcast before. But have, uh, the so I went to a very uh, like conservative Christian private school for okay. high school and middle school, and uh, instead of a prom, we had a prim. 
because prom, according to the like principle, was connected with promiscuous behavior, and so this was the <gasps> prim, which is like prim and proper. Oh my god! <laughs> you were not allowed to bring a date to it. Everybody had to just go go alone. There was also no like actual like no like dancing to modern music. So Every year they would pick. Yes, basically. Every year they would pick a style of music and then they would bring in a dance instructor. So one of the years that I went, it was like English country dancing. So like Pride and Prejudice dancing uh, was what we did at the prom. I would love that. Where you'd like line up in rows and like don't touch (laughs) each other and just sort of like walk around. Uh, Also, they had like a very strict dress code. Uh, for the girls about like what was too low cut if your straps weren't you know Mm -hmm. wide enough or whatever and so the principal would literally stand at the door with a roll of duct tape and if your dress did (gasps) not like fulfill the requirements they would like duct tape over the parts of you that needed to be covered up even get me started about that that is just so sexist and disgusting because you basically know that he is looking at these girls these teenage girls breasts and being well it was a woman but yes still still gross yeah. So gross. Yeah. No. It was and one year <laughs> one year the theme was sort of like masquerade and mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh, this is so cool." So I bought a Phantom of the Opera mask off you of <laughs> Amazon, which was just a disaster. But then I had like bangs at that time. Okay. So instead of like slicking my hair back, I the bangs went over the top of the Phantom mask. Oh so it's like gosh. Phantom, but like which is like bangs dangling down the front. <laughs> it was a disaster. Like, I need to see a photo. Tr- so so when you say, Do I miss high school? You know, <laughs> it's not like a real glowing memories that I have. It's sort of like a, this mild, slow train wreck of a disaster. Uh, did you miss high school (laughs) i honestly didn't i mean our prom was pretty over the top too nothing like this there was no controversies about anyone attending or anything like that but i do remember i know you said that you're like went to a very conservative private school i went to a public school but it is texas so i do remember that Mm -hmm. our prom theme was fire and ice um and like one room was like all red and and like darkly lit and then there was a like more of like an icy room that was like winter wonderland and but there that almost didn't happen because the pta was like fire nice that's like the condoms that's going to encourage kids to have sex on prom night so you almost didn't have you almost didn't have <laughs> that they almost changed it last minute and because of condoms there's like one condom that has like fire and ice branding and i was just like what the hell um, that is wild. No. I feel like every prom is under the sea. That's just what I've gathered yes. from watching movies is every prom theme is like under <laughs> the sea. Yes. Uh, but yeah, or Fire and Ice where there's very loose interpretations that it could be sexual, I guess. The um, the. the- the other thing, I mean, now that I'm just on this, uh, uh, the other weird thing about Prim was that they wanted Prim? to cut back. Yes, yes. That they wanted to cut back on like after parties or like anything yeah. like bad that could be going on. So they were like, we are going to have Prim just be like the like the full event. So it wasn't like you went to dinner beforehand. No, you like ate there. And so they decided that what they should do is have the dancing portion. And then they rented out like the local YMCA for like a lock-in. 
then. So after the dancing portion and the dinner, you like went to the YMCA, changed into gym clothes, and then just spent like eight hours locked in this YMCA. And I just remember always at the like four in the morning, everyone being like miserable and just like sitting in a racquetball court being like someone come and stab me in the face because I'm so tired and so like hungry, but you can't leave. And it was just like not a fun experience. I know. (laughs) Oh my God. Did you guys have Uh, um, prim? Like, could you go every year? Like when you were a freshman, sophomore, junior? I think so. Yes, because you couldn't because there wasn't dates. So it wasn't oh, like yeah. you could be asked by someone. So I yeah, think we only you had could senior go prom all of the years. But but oh my gosh, the story they're just like, I think I've repressed too much of this for too long. <laughs> so so Please in one of the These years, stories are hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> So one of the years, I'm not even joking. One of the years, there was always drama about like who could go and like what, like the the dress code and all of this stuff. And so one year somebody had, well, because like there wasn't date or you weren't supposed to bring dates. So there was always somebody who like was dating someone who like couldn't bring the person that they were dating because they like went to a different school or something. Uh And it was just always this drama. And one year, based on something or another, somebody called in a death threat against the principal regarding this. So that so that year, the whole thing, the whole prim just got canceled because they were like, oh, my gosh, there's a death threat. Like, we can't go forward with this. So then some of the parents threw like their own version of prim or prim. Sorry. (laughs) Yes. That that was on a that was on like the river boat that went up and down the river that runs through Lansing. Mm -hmm. And but that was going to have actual like dancing on it. And my parents were like, no, that's like too risque. You cannot go this year. So that year I didn't go because it was like too wild. Who knows what might happen on this river boat. You literally (laughs) lived in the footloose town. (laughs) And at the time I was like, oh yes, like this makes so like all of this was like the of course like this makes all the sense in the world that we'd be doing this and now looking back i'm like what the hell was going on this uh, has to be some wild in some script you write or part of your memoir i need to <laughs> yes. hear everything i can about it it's hilarious oh uh, wow yeah i had totally forgotten about the death threat plot line but because at one point there was like a cop car that was like that was like uh, by the school like watching because they were worried that something was going to happen it was i don't know just let the people dance (laughs) exactly exactly Uh, so anyways back to the prom wow would you say this is like a now a later or an ever this is a weird rubric to use when nothing's coming out in theaters but like i don't i would say during the holidays it's a if you have time and nothing else is on watch it now um, so yeah, I guess it's like a watch it now. Otherwise I don't think I would pick this up six months from now and be like, Oh, I miss this. I need to watch this. I will say I watched it with my parents who are in their fifties and there was, they laughed at a lot of the jokes that were meant for older people. So if you have either family members who you want to show them something to give them a little bit more open of a mind, or if you have parents that are like mine that like are cool with everything and they love musicals both of them because my dad watches RuPaul Drag Race so he was very into this um then I would say go for it but otherwise um I don't think it's something you need to be like putting on your cue and getting ready to watch 
Yeah, it's like if you have time and you're interested, you can watch it now. But yeah, I there's no reason to be like, oh, like, gotta, I am gonna have to come back to this at some point. I just have so much stuff to watch, but this is like something that I should. No, if I you- will say it is if you if everything is getting overwhelming, which things often get overwhelming for me, um, in this pandemic world we live in. I did like the fact that yes, there was a problem and there there was um something there was tension throughout but then it was resolved in a very nice happy way at the end and I do like things that get resolved so if you want to feel happy and and um just calm and not anxious by the end of it this is something that I would recommend honestly we can really take a lot from this I think we just need to get a bunch of you know like politicians with Andrew Rannells in a mall somewhere and he'll just change their mind so quickly and then we'll be smooth sailing that's the answer to all the problems we have we just need Mm -hmm. a four minute musical number with Andrew Rannells dancing in the middle and um, they'll be like oh my whole life I had these bigoted views I'm changed Magic things happen in a food court. I'm telling you, it's a, oh. there's no there's no place quite like it. Matt, when I saw their Annie Ann's um, soda cups, I was like, I want an Annie Ann's so bad right now. I want so I, bad. I I texted the friend I was watching this with and was like, what I would do for Panda Express. Oh right my now. god, like I. I- Freaking mm. love Panda Express. <laughs> like just an H and M bag at my side, Panda Express. You know, mm, some kind of like Kelly Clarkson playing yes. over the fumbling mall loudspeakers. I will uh, say, I nothing like it. Just to go back to what we were talking about, this is the last thing I'll say about prom in high school. But I don't miss high school at all. I did not have a great time. I loved college much more. But I do miss just being able to go, like on a Friday or Saturday night, go to the mall. Go to Bath and Body Works, buy an antibacterial little thing <laughs> that you'll strap to your key because that's the cheapest thing you can get. Like, when you go to the mall with your friends, you have to buy something. So you mm-hmm. go, you buy your antibacterial, you you have a little bag. So you're like, oh, bought something. Walk around, go to the food court, have an Annie Ann's, maybe some Dippin' Dots um, and just having a great night. I miss that. I truly do. Time was uh, simpl- like what- It was simpler back then. When I worked at H&M at the mall, the, uh, like, at the end of the day, when Annie Ann's was closing, they would, like, sell off all of their extra oh pretzels God. for, like, a dollar each. Oh, my <gasps> gosh. I ate so many Annie Ann pretzels. I, my last meal will be, like, three orders of those Annie Ann's nuggets. I just uh, love them so much. Do you anyway, like the regular ones, or do you like the cinnamon sugar ones better? It depends on my both. mood. You know, like, if I'm mm-hmm. one, if I've eaten... And this is like my dessert, 100% the cinnamon sugar ones. But if it's this is more of a snack or my main meal, I'm going with the, the regular salted. I don't F with the rest of them. It's either cinnamon sugar or plain salted. And I don't really yeah, like what... the glazed dip or the, the pulled cheese. I just, I'm a purist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I feel you. I'm not, I'm not about to do the weird, like, this is a hot dog pretzel or this is a pizza pretzel no. or whatever. Like, no, thank you. Just the regular. I'm glad our trash box tendencies are very similar. This is why we're friends. Yes. Yes. This, and this is why you can't stay in the suburbs. You need to move back to the city because yes, I, I know the allure of the mall and it, <laughs> like, if it gets its hooks on you, I'll just never see you again. I've been to, Bath and Body Works actually like four times since I moved to Connecticut. So it, it's it's the magic is pulling me in, and I'm trying. Dan is like, if you buy one more freaking candle, we're kicking you out. 
Oh, that's great. Uh, Well, okay, that's enough about the prom. Let's get into (laughs) love it or hate it. Sierra, what do you have for us this week? So I have a love it. Um, It is very different from um, the prom. And it is more, I know how I just said that if you want to watch something that has a resolution and it's not too stressful, watch the prom. But if you want to be stressed out to the nth degree, you should watch uh, The Sound of Metal. I don't know if you've watched it yet. But no, but I want to. It's on my list. Oh, it's so good. So it's on um, Amazon Prime, I believe. And it has Riz Ahmed from The Night Of, who I loved in The Night Of, but I feel like he hasn't really done much since that. Um, so I was really excited to see him in this. And it's basically about um, a um, drummer in um, like a metal band who is slowly losing his hearing. And what's really cool about that is the way they portray it is the uh, you're kind of like seeing everything from his perspective and so the audio will become really muffled um, when he can't hear it when you're supposed to see it from his perspective and that you don't when he's learning sign language you don't see the subtitles and you only get the subtitles once he learns the sign language so you're kind of like in his perspective of like struggling through this and really in his head because it is just such a psychological effect that this is happening to him he's also an addict so he has to deal with um his life being changed in such a big way and struggling with being four years sober and what happens next now that he can't hear I thought it was so well done and it is I mean you just feel so bad for him the entire time and you are very anxious and he makes a lot of really bad decisions along the way that you're just like why are you doing this um but I thought it was really really well made and I totally think he deserves um a best actor nomination for his role. He was really good. Yeah. I've heard like nothing but good things about this movie. I am so excited to see it. I was trying to convince my family to watch it down here and they were like, no, I don't know. This doesn't look like our vibe. So instead we watched Adam Sandler's murder mystery on Netflix. So was it as good as uh, Hubie Halloween? I I will say it was on par, I think, with Hubie Halloween. <laughs> I don't know if I'm somehow a secret Adam Standler fan that I just you n- said Adam realize You're an Adam Standler. Adam, I'm an Adam <laughs> Standler. Oh my gosh. But yeah, I think it's happening. I I was like, well, let's watch another one of these movies. Hmm. These are pretty funny. And Jennifer Aniston is also in that very good. But anyways, yes, Sound of Metal looks very good. Everyone should Did watch you it. see um the Sisters Brothers? Which no. I, I don't know if that's Who's on Netflix. This? It's a Western and it's a Riz Ahmed and Jake Gyllenhaal are sort of like oh my God. out uh, in the gold, look like looking for gold in the gold rush. No. And it is very good. And both of them are amazingly talented. So that was a, that was a fun thing oh, to watch that, um, that you might want to check out. Yes. My love it is another Meryl Streep movie, which came out this weekend. She had two for one. Uh, it's on HBO Max called Let Them All Talk. Have you seen this? Or no, heard it's of been, it, I wanted to, I had to pick one Meryl Streep this weekend because I was, was busy with my family. And that is the next thing I'm going to watch for sure. I've been very excited to watch this. Yes. So it's a Steven Soderbergh movie. Meryl Streep is this like old uh pulitzer prize winning author who is going to accept a some kind of literary award but she doesn't like to fly in an airplane so she decides to take like this 
Titanic-like cruise ship across the Atlantic. And she brings along with her Diane Weist and Candace Bergen, who are like two sort of estranged friends from college. And then also Lucas Hedges, who is playing her nephew. Your favorite person. And yes, my favorite. (laughs) And I just loved it so much. It it's a weird movie because they only had like 14 days to shoot it because they could only shoot it like as the boat was actually like going across (laughs) the ocean. And they did a lot of it where uh, they sort of had the bare bones for the scene, but then the actors kind of improvised it, which I think is fun and gives it sort of like a realistic quality that you don't see in a lot of movies because the dialogue is more, uh, like a real person, like they're, you know, having to think up words and stuff as mm-hmm. they're talking. They're not just memorizing things. But it was very funny and sweet and sort of, uh, I, I don't know, it's like a smaller story. It's not like yeah. some big, huge epic, but I thought it was very fun. Also, Gemma Chan is in it from Crazy Rich Asians. Oh, I love it was her. just like all wonderful people, all very funny. Candace Bergen is sort of like this washed up woman from Texas who works at like the lingerie section at a department store. And is just like so excited to be on this fancy cruise. And she's trying to (laughs) pick up a rich man on the cruise. Yeah. Oh, it's incredible. So yes, if you're looking for something that's like a little bit lighter and also has Meryl Streep, but doesn't have James Corden, let them all talk is a great pick. It sounds a lot like, did you ever watch Book Club that came out like a year or two ago? I didn't, but I you wanted to. love it so much. I remember <laughs> I saw it in theaters with some of my friends, and there was this like older couple watching it. And this guy got up at the end, he was like 75, and he goes, looks at his wife and he goes, well, that was the best movie I've ever seen. <laughs> just, <laughs> loved it. It was so good. That's also me as an old man. It, just yes. very excited. <laughs> yeah, that should be next. Is that... That's also a classic. I know I throw that that word around a lot, but it is a modern classic. Let's see if I can get my family to watch. Uh, Do you think I'll have better luck getting to watch Sound of Metal or Book Club? Probably Mm, Book Club. I mean, they are reading Fifty Shades of Grey in uh, Book Club, so I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, we'll have to play it by ear. But yes, I I also do want to watch that. So good recommendations all around. Um. Anything else? Anything you want to plug? Uh, your social media? Anything you're working on? Not really. I mean, I am a freelance writer, so I write for BuzzFeed. I did just put out um, a gift guide that has um, – it's all a book's gift guide. So if you're looking for a last-minute gift for anyone, um, I put – just Google like 43 books for everyone on your holiday list, BuzzFeed, and uh, that's me. So some pretty good picks on there. What's the best thing you've read recently? The best thing that I've read recently. Um, this is not a new book, but the best book that I read this year was The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo. I don't know if you've heard of that one, but is is that by the uh the woman who wrote the uh Daisy Jones? Yes, yeah. So this one came out before that, and it is similar where it's like historical fiction y and it's about this, it's kind of based on like um Elizabeth Elizabeth Taylor. Um, yeah, yes, sorry. I like blanked on her name, but yeah, it's based on Elizabeth Taylor's, which she's been married a whole bunch of times, but it's a, um, loosely based kind of like inspired by her life. And so it follows this woman who's been married, um, seven times and like why she's been married seven times and who is the true love of her life, um, told uh, through this journalist who's interviewing her, who was handpicked by Evelyn Hugo. Um, so you're trying to figure out why is this woman handpicked by her? 
who really is the love of her life. It is so good. Bald at the end. I recommend it to anyone. Oh, that sounds so good. Mm-hmm. And I love Daisy Jones. So I'll have to give that a try. Yeah. But uh, thank you, you so much one. for coming on the podcast, Sierra, oh, and for filling blast. Shelby's shoes. Uh, you know, I mean, I wish, you know, I love Shelby more than you now, um, even though we were friends <laughs> initially. So I wish this was Shelby and me. It would just be the whole time us agreeing. But um, and just saying how uh, much we think the other's great. So. Well, maybe not because she was coming for the new Taylor Swift. Album, I know. So maybe there's been a, a breach between her. the two of you. Yes, yes. She's a new person. <laughs> Who like, knows what she'll be like honestly. when she comes back? <laughs> uh, well, thanks so much. Um, we will be taking next week off because it's Christmas, but then I think we're coming back in two weeks and discussing this latest season of The Bachelor, which, or Ooh. The Bachelorette? The Bachelorette, Bachelorette, which I'm not up to date on yet, but I will be catching up on. And yeah, I, who knows when Shelby will be back. But uh, until then, you can follow us on social media. We're at PSU Wrong on Instagram and Twitter. Shelby gave me now both of those accounts. So I'm just running oh, wild and rampant over there. Uh, you can also send us an email at PSURong at gmail.com. And you can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Um, thanks again for, see, for joining us here. And uh, we'll see everybody next week. Bye.